Welcome to Capital Conversations by the Venture Asset Management Initiative produced by IMD. In this new conversation, Olivier Laplace, Managing Partner at VI Partners, discusses the evolving landscape of the technology investment market. Key points include the impact of a 2020 bubble on startup valuations, the transitional phase in 2021 marked by a decline in IPOs, and the influence of long-term interest rates on venture capital dynamics. Olivier Laplace explores the nature of the current crisis, drawing parallels to previous downturns and highlighting the unique features of the current situation. His advice to founders centers on building a robust business, conducting thorough due diligence on investors, and navigating the changing dynamics of talent acquisition and fundraising. In this first part, Olivier assesses the current state of the technology investment market. He notes the aftermath of a 2020 bubble in which startups attracted funding at valuations that local investors found perplexing. The transition in 2021, marked by a significant drop in IPOs, has led to a shift in how venture capital perceives risk and reward. Long-term low interest rates and a surge in venture capital had dramatically increased available capital back in those days. However, he observes a recent slowdown in capital deployment, attributing it to a decline in new investments and an emphasis on supporting existing portfolio companies. So what's the state of the current market? Um, I think it's a, it's a very good question because I think everybody in the industry is wondering where are we exactly and are we touching any kind of bottom? So clearly compared to two years ago, and I'm mostly talking from the perspective of an investor into software, right? And my colleagues at VI Partners also do investment in healthcare, so we have two teams. In healthcare, the situation is slightly different, but in technology, clearly, we went to an exceptional level of bubble in 2020. Like startups were raising money, especially from American VCs coming into Europe, at valuations that the locals did not really understand. Um, 2021 was a kind of transition. The clear signal we got from the market was the absence of IPOs. Uh, the decrease in the volume of companies going to market, public market in the US was 20x, divided by 20, right, between 2020 and 2021. Obviously, 2020 was an exceptional year, but 2021 was another exceptional year in the other direction, right? And what is fueling venture capital is also the possibility to do exits, right? To invest shares in companies because you think you're going to sell those back in a few years with a profit. So that drove a complete change in the way people were perceiving the risk reward of their investments. The second setup, second parameter, obviously, is the second feature is long-term interest rates. With increasing long-term interest rates, the situation is very different from five years ago, where at negative or zero interest rates, people were looking for ways to get additional return, uh, potentially taking higher risk. So that has been fueling a huge inflow of money into a quasi new asset class in Europe, that is venture capital. To give you orders of magnitude just on the, on the Swiss market, it is estimated that in the years 2001, where VI partner, when VI Partners was created, uh, the volume of VC money was 50 million. It was 400 million in 2013. It was 4 billion 
10x 10 years later in 2023. Though that shows a dramatic increase in the amount of capital available. Obviously, where do we stand today is a great question. It's difficult to know because obviously there is a lag of three to six months between the moment the money is raised and the moment startup announce it. So if we have a look at the numbers mid-year, the decrease is probably of 50%. Volume of number of investments and volume of capital invested. I believe that this is, um, the reality is even worse. I believe from conversation I have here and there that the volume of investment that has been committed is lower. So a lot of those rounds have been from existing investors supporting their existing portfolio companies. Uh, I, I have not seen so many new investments in well-performing companies. I spoke to a lot of VCs, especially deploying capital in Switzerland, France, Germany, uh, and around. They have done one investment so far compared to four or five investments more per year in the previous years. So there was a dramatic shift and change in the pace of deploying capital. Olivier Laplace delves in this second part into the nature of the current crisis, drawing comparisons to the 2001 and 2009 downturns. He highlights that the impact is primarily on the venture capital asset class, leading investment managers to exercise caution in deploying capital. Unlike 2009, there are no massive layoffs, but a substantial shift is occurring in the startup and financial ecosystem. Laplace anticipates a return to normalcy after the excesses of 2019-2020, emphasizing the opportunity for startups to attract the right talent due to a shift from growth obsession to leaner options. So what type of crisis are we in and is it different from uh, previous crises? Uh, I, think, I think every crisis has similarities with previous crises, but also a lot of different features. 2001, in venture capital was the first massive crisis that you know people can remember. And at the time, there were so many of those companies that were just half-baked going into public markets where private individuals were buying shares. It was a very, very specific setup, right? Um, 2009 was very different in a sense that the whole economy was severely impacted. 2001-2. Right now, what we are seeing is the venture capital asset class is impacted. Um, investment managers are deploying much less capital. They're much more careful. They're changing the way they deploy capital. But I think that the economy in itself is impacted by inflation and by war and by geopolitical aspects. But you don't see massive layoffs like in 2009. So we're not there yet, right? So today I think it's within the startup and uh, financial ecosystem that the game is completely changing. And the reason is we've been so far in the hype and too high valuations, then today we have to probably come back to normal. And this reverse to normal is extremely strong. Are we in a new normal? I don't think yet. We are still, I believe, in the transition phase where we are trying now to overcorrect the excess or the excesses of 2019, 2020. It was probably too easy to raise money for good but not exceptional companies 
and it's probably much too hard today for even very good companies to raise money. So we've been too far in one direction, we're coming back too far in the other one. And I hope that very quickly that situation will stabilize and that venture capital investors will restart to invest in good companies. The positive news is that in the past years, we've seen a lot of tension in the talent market. It was extremely hard to find good developers, machine learning developer experts or developers, and especially salespeople. I'm investing especially in software as a service. Uh, there was so much tension to hire good salespeople that it was making the job extremely difficult. Now, with this lack of money, there's a reconcentration of the right talent on the right companies. So I think it's an opportunity. Now, obviously, there's another aspect that is touching the venture capital economy, which is uh, raising interest rates. Long-term interest rates that are high now makes it much easier for people who don't want to take too much risk and still get return on investment to, sp to spend money elsewhere than in VC. And um, I think now it's a very big difference, especially in Europe uh, compared to 2009 and 2001, uh, that there is clearly an industry in venture capital today. It was not the case 10 years ago. It was really emerging. When, when VI was created in 2001, we were one of the very, very few investors. We were the first um, officially well-structured VC, right? Uh, and a few appeared in the meantime, but it was a lot of you know uh, business angel pullings and that became VCs afterwards. Today, you have an ecosystem that is much more professional, much better structured. You have very early stage investors, you know, pre-seed investors, seed investors, uh, series A, gross investors, and probably even too many gross investors today because they struggle to invest in companies that are not going to markets, right? So there's probably a strong, a still very strong market at seed stage or pre-seed stage. Interestingly, valuations have not decreased so much from a Swiss perspective, I think in France, I heard it corrected quite a lot. Uh, Germany is, is, is in, in the middle. Um, at Series A, everybody's still wondering what is the right valuation for a Series A stage company in, for example, in software as a service. Um, my colleagues investing in healthcare probably see a different dynamic. There's also much more conservatism. It's also much more difficult to find investment even for very good companies. But I think the bubble was not as bubbly as it has been in, in tech. I think everybody wanted to, to invest in, in the next Uber, everybody wanted to invest in the next Facebook, believing that every charismatic founder would be the next, the next founder. I think the best example was WeWork. How could you imagine that a real estate-based business could worth so much? Like, frankly, if you just did the math. It, it was very interesting. And I think for the conservative investors in 2018, 19, 20, they were feeling very stupid. They were really wondering what what do the others get that I don't get? So now we're back to normal. And um, and I think we, we're very happy. We're just closing an investment this week. We're exploring doing a, a new investment uh, at the moment. Um, we, we never stopped having a look at companies. We've not done much investment since the beginning of the year. And the reason was that we have seen many companies going raising Series A that has raised money at too high valuations at seed, um, already had complicated cap tables, and could and, and you know they went built they were built on the DNA of a company spending a lot of money every month to get to such revenue, and I think now there's a complete shift from focus on growth and obsession at growing, and now the shift for startups is back to being as lean as possible, and I think you know very well that the constraint on cash 
is a very good parameter for startup. I think the lack of cash is the best way to obsessively look for the right market, the right product market fix, the right customers. Eventually, in providing advice to founders, Olivier Laplace emphasizes the importance of building a business first and not overly relying on fundraising. He advocates for thorough due diligence on potential investors, suggesting founders speak to portfolio companies' founders to gauge investor behavior in challenging times. He underscores the significance of motivated and dedicated teams, suggesting options for highly motivated team members. He advises founders to explore multiple funding options, engage with a larger pool of potential investors, and maintain regular contact with the venture capital industry for feedback and advice. So advice to founders, so obviously build a business first and do not be dependent too much on fundraising. I think the default alive uh, recommendation from the Y Combinator founder is, is very, very uh, important today. Um, when you raise money, um, do not let only the VCs do the due diligence. I think you should do as much due diligence on them that they do on you. I would speak to the portfolio company's founders. I would ask uh, advice to other VCs, but especially speak to the founders because and, and, and the team that they they on board Right. So if, if the VC want to invest in your company, is on the board of one, two, three other companies, you want to know how this person behave, especially in tough times. This is where people really reveal their, their behavior and, and personality and how they're going to help you or not. Um, your team has to be obviously extremely motivated. You know, there's this uh, uh, selection, you know, the separation between uh, the missionaries and the and the mercenaries, um, in those very tough times, you, you want the, the, the missionaries to be, to, be, to be next to you. Uh, think about uh, giving them options, obviously. Uh, not too quickly, not too fast, but do, do, do this well, especially if they're very motivated but by what you're building. Um, think in terms of building competition. I should not say that, but this is very obvious, right? If you want to raise money in good conditions, do not rely on the first guy showing at the door. Um, and I think it's you know it's a matchmaking activity. Uh, some founders believe that they're going to raise money by talking to five VCs or five angels at, at pre-seed or seed. I think you should speak to tens, 30, 40, 50 if necessary over some time. I've met some founders telling me, no, I don't want to speak to you now because right now I'm focusing on building the product and I'm going to go fundraising in six months. So let's speak in six months. I think that if a VC has been recommended to you by someone you know well, you should take the call. You should not spend your days fundraising, but you should very regularly keep in touch with the VC industry so that you hear feedback from them very regularly. It, it's a very easy way to get free advice, right? The VC will hear your pitch, will give you feedback, obviously will tell you what they like or don't. And ask for this feedback actively. You know, at the end of the call, say, "What do you like? What didn't you like?" And I'm usually very happy to share uh, to share feedback with with founders. And usually, what we try to do at, at VI Partners, we we, we have the chance to have ten Swiss blue chip corporates um, investing in our funds since 20 years. And it's very interesting for me if I see we, we love topics that are B2B SaaS, enabling digital transformation. Uh, of mid-size and large companies. So if I see one of those companies and I'm not completely sure if it's very useful for the industry, I'm going to ask Hilti or Schindler or Buller to give me a feedback. And it's a great way for me, 
you, you've not lost your your hour of pitching me about your startup because next to it I'm going to do one, two or three introductions and you're going to be in touch with top people in those organizations. So think in terms of network. It's not one shot. Think in terms of, you know, you're playing pool and you're really rebounding on, on every side of the, of, of the game. Olivier Laplace's insights provide a nuanced understanding of the challenges and opportunities in the current technology investment landscape. From the repercussions of a 2020 bubble to the shifts in venture capital dynamics and advice for founders, our guest offers a comprehensive perspective on the factors influencing the industry. As startups navigate uncertainties, Olivier's guidance on building resilient businesses and fostering strategic relationships with investors and talent becomes crucial in adapting to the evolving market conditions. <music>